0: I think I'm having an art attack. What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Art Attack with your host, myself, Justin Bua, and art history professor, Lizzie Das <laughs> uh, Lizzie Das is a professor of art and a professor of art history
1: just art history, not art. You're I know, I'm kidding. I just, I, I just felt <laughs> it. So uh,
0: today we're going to be talking about Kara Walker, who is a very famous artist. Uh, she's had shows everywhere. Uh, I've seen her shows. I, I know that she is uh, very polarizing for a lot of people, uh, and she does work that is that is. That is, by a lot of people's standards, very extreme. I don't find it so extreme. You know what I mean? I I find it definitely controversial. But uh, it's not exactly Andre Serrano's Piss Christ. I mean, it is, you know, she's dealing with with some real shit. She's dealing with uh, slavery. She's dealing with Jim Crow laws. She's dealing with uh, just iconography, you know. It's funny because she mentioned the Cream of Wheaties box and, and, and just some some artists, you know, back in the days when things weren't uh racially uh transparent, you know, people were people were doing some horrible shit. And even some artists that I love were part of that, you know, Sunbloom, who did what we perceive Chris Kringle or Santa Claus to be. Sunbloom is one of the greatest painters of all time. And he did a lot of that. He did the Aunt Jemima. You know, he did a lot of that old school stuff that we see on products to this day. Um, but Kara kind of exposes the the underlying race issues that have not really been talked about. Because I think that racism was very much a mallet to the head, and now racism is a pinprick when you're not looking. Mm-hmm. It's way more subtle. Uh, you can get away with it easier and yet it is the you know nefarious blue beard shadow of 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 society and she exposes it in mostly. Silhouettes. She deals with these images almost as cutouts, which has a whole other layer and texture to the conversation and her design. And some of her images are really fucking graphic, you know, and really gnarly. And others are almost like fairy tale and comic booky, you know. So it's the blending of these worlds that collides and something that a lot of people find inflammatory but i think it's really i think it's like hey this is how i'm telling this story and this is how i see it and as a black woman in america coming from atlanta with my dad who's an artist like this is how i see the fucking world much like i see the world that i paint so i think it's a real deal artistic perspective and point of view
1: I agree with you, and I think that your outlining of her work and her methods and the controversy surrounding both was phenomenal, and you really outlined central themes within Walker's work, and to go back to her practice, she does use silhouettes, and so she's dramatizing the black of the bodies of the figures that she uses and often the white of the wall behind her, and so that's just another dichotomy between binary extremes white and black and a lot of the narratives of her work also embrace that binary logic of race and power and so I think that there are layers and layers within her work and I understand why it's controversial because there's a really thin line between subverting something and pandering to it and the majority of her critics come from the African-American community. And there's one in particular that I know has been very outspoken against Walker's work, and that's a fellow artist, Betty Sarr. And it's interesting because Sarr will use the Aunt Jemima figure, and so does Walker. But Mm. the way that they use that figure illustrates the differences within their projects and their practice. So I think that the silhouette is intriguing because typically a silhouette was used by women artists in the 1800s who were hobbyists. And so there is a particular gendered reading to that for me. Also, in a silhouette, the specifics of the face, the character, the psychology of the sitters are minimized. You see the shape of a nose, but you don't see the wrinkles, the folds, the pores. And so it's like she is taking the specifics of history and just kind of smoothing them out.
0: But at the same time, exaggerating them because she's taking the nose, the wide nose, the big lips, and she's pushing it more to make a point. Right. So and I find it really interesting that, you know, a lot of African-American artists are coming out, you know, about her work where it's like, look, this is this is like freedom of speech. You know, this is art. Like, why can't I say what I'm gonna say when I wanna say it, how I wanna say it? You don't have to look at it, by the way. I get it, you can have an opinion about it too. We all have free speech, but at the same time, isn't what she's doing provocative? Isn't what she's doing making us think? Like, really, isn't it? It's not Audrey Beardsley, which is similar in terms of style, right? The the pen and ink, the major silhouettes it's you know it's it's like that in a, in an allegorical way but you're taking out you're taking out all the beauty and you're adding a kind of heavy-handedness to them to the narrative
1: Right, but a truth to a narrative that is ugly. And I think that her work is even closer aligned to Romar Bearden, an artist that we've talked about before, in the cutout nature of the figure. But Bearden's work never receives the criticism that Walker's does because he is celebratory toward the African-American figure and experience. And it's not that Walker isn't, but she's exposing systemic and hideous racism and incest and rape and violence. And
0: master and servant and all of these, you know, all of that history that we're not necessarily seeing in painting and drawing as much anymore. You know, and she's doing it in that in that style that seems to be now unique to her, but, you know, that is a style that's been going on for forever in terms of silhouettes and cutouts and stuff like that. You even see not to Not to put her in the same stratosphere whatsoever, but what Swoon does in street art is the same stuff. and She's doing cutouts, pacing it on the wall, and she's doing much more graph-centric, positive-centric artwork. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right, and the difference within those examples, and I know that you're not equalizing their practice, but that Walker's elimination of any sort of facial details Mm -hmm. I think is important because it engages in another dialectic that is an opposite between concealing and revealing. That she is revealing this hideous underbelly that isn't quite so secretive, but that is pernicious. But she's also concealing certain features and she's concealing the emotion that the figures might feel and that we don't psychologically connect to them. And I think that is actually why viewers are so uncomfortable with her work, because we almost feel complicit. Or at least that was my experience in seeing one of her installations at the Broad. Often her work is a totally immersive room. You're not going to see a Kara Walker in a frame. It's always directly applied to the surface of the wall. Mm. And often, I think it was at the Guggenheim Museum, the circular nature of the room. It's like a backdrop. Yeah, it envelops you. And so I felt like I was a part of the scene and it made me examine and understand in a deeper way my own power and my own privilege. And you talk about racism, uh, you didn't use this word, but I felt like you were talking about it within microaggressive terms. And Walker's work is macroaggressive. She is blowing it all up and she is almost creating this Rorschach test where we imprint ourselves and our own experience with that history and that legacy onto the work. And so, of course, it is inflammatory. It is a provocation, and that is exactly what it's intended to do. It's to open up this dialogue and to really reveal the truth of the Reconstruction era.
0: You know, Kara Walker Walker is... Born in 1969, so she comes from my exact, like, generation. So it was kind of like the whole Black Power, pan- you know, Black Power, Panther, Black Panthers. Yeah, that's cool, but that was like that was like then, you know what I mean? Now, in a way, you know, Tupac used it as a now thing, but what she said is, no, 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 no. I don't really, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this, and she's going, like, way back. You know she's going way 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 back into the history and illuminating things on the walls and by the way that doesn't really make for the most uh, for for a couple of reasons the most collectible art does it i mean from an art from a christie's perspective right a it doesn't exist on a canvas so you can't hang it on the wall uh, that was just my own personal question like how do you collect her work when her work is seems like it's done installation to installation and it is pretty hardcore, so that, like, do you want that on your wall? Like, people don't even want Rembrandt's on the wall because of its chiaroscuro and tenebrism. Do you want a Kara Walker, Kara Walker on your wall because of its, you know, because of his chiaroscuro of subject?
1: That's such a good point, and she does work in prints. I know that. I'm not sure if she works on canvas, but I suspect she does. But I think that's another genius of her practice is that she is really challenging and changing what it means to collect and And I like that yeah I I like like that a lot there
0: like we talk about street art street art is meant for the streets it's meant to be on the walls it's meant to interact with public space it's meant to co-op public space my opinion your opinion and a lot of graffiti artists will graffiti artists and street artists two different genres by the way know that fact (laughs) a lot of graffiti artists and street artists will disagree with that which is fair but my real opinion is should be kept on the walls. Same with Kara Walker. My opinion is I like the fact that it's living, breathing, and that it is, you know, going to be destroyed.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. The site specificity of her work, and to me, there's no greater example of that within her practice than this recent sculptural installation she did in New York. I think it was in Brooklyn. I went. It was one of the most remarkable things I've ever Wait, seen. I you
0: think it was in Brooklyn and you went? So it was in It was in either Brooklyn. Queens
1: or Brooklyn. It was a borough. I don't know. Was
0: it a museum?
1: It was. No, no, no. Then I would know. It was the okay. Domino Sugar Factory, which I think is Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah, so what happened is that this Domino Sugar Factory was going to be demolished, and so they gave Kara Walker the opportunity to transform the space as she wanted for a few months prior to the destruction, and she created this work that was so immersive and upsetting and activated all of the senses. It's really one of the coolest things I've ever seen, and it pushed her practice because now she's working... With the materials of the factory to honor its history, to honor the history of African-Americans within this country, but also to to just push her style to sculptures. Yeah.
0: No. What was that? Was that where it had the African-American female sphinx? Yeah. That is pretty dope.
1: It was phenomenal. So She didn't
0: do that, though. Well, she, she had it done.
1: She fabricated it, but she designed it. Right. Or She did not fabricate it. She had people working Yeah, no, of
0: course. That's a, that I mean not one person could do that. No. <laughs> Although one person did build the pyramids. No, I'm kidding. But um the <laughs> point is that uh the y- y- you know like she's I like the fact that she's taken her work to 3D. You know? I'm about it. I think that she she pushes, she prods, you know, sometimes it gets like damn or maybe I could see you know other African American artists like uh uh-uh, uh you know, but isn't Isn't that what it's all about? You know, at the end of the day, provocation. You know, she's getting people up in arms, but come on, what else? What a better thing to do.
1: Exactly, and it's so important to not minimize the history of racism and to not think that we're done with slavery just because we don't physically enslave and that there is a legacy imprinted in the cultural heritage of many many communities and we need to give that a voice and i think that walker's exhibition did that for me in a way that transcended my experience with her silhouette so she wanted to honor the history of the factory and of course the history of sugar has a really complicated problematic one because slaves were instructed they were forced to work in sugar plantations and so i think that's what attracted her to the domino factory in the first place And it is such a gross space. It looks like it's weeping molasses because Mm. it was active for so many decades. And now when you go in, you are just totally transfixed by this disgusting odor. It's just so much. It fills all of your cavities in a matter of seconds and Mm. it's not pleasant. So she made two different types of sculptures. Some were these little kids made out of molasses and as the exhibition moved forward, the molasses was in a process of decay. And so I thought that was really beautiful seeing this subtle performance. You see the drips, you see the demise. And then the piece de resistance, this big Sphinx female figure, huge monumental sculpture, all made out of domino sugar. And oh, wow, I
0: didn't know that.
1: Yeah. And so that too was in a process Can of you crumbling. Lick it? Probably some people Probably. tried. <laughs> oh, how diminishing. It's but. like the
0: opposite of Willy Wonka. It's like Willy Wonka and the horrible <laughs> atrocities of racism factory. Yeah, which is really. Which is kind of crazy, is what you it know is. what I mean?
1: And we talked about Betty Sar and how she used a mammy figure and how Kara Walker did too. So this Sphinx, is, it has the face of a mammy, which is a stereotypical role that African-American women were... We're forced to play. Mm-hmm. And what I love about Walker's disruption is that mammy figures are historically not sexualized. They're the big women. They're in big aprons. They're mm-hmm. there to nurture, yeah, they're to sub- protect. They're, su-
0: they're submissive. They're, they're, you know, they just follow orders. They're, you know, complacent in a lot of ways too.
1: Yeah, but they're there to encourage and support you, but they are not sexual beings. And Kara Walker's mammy, her sphinx, is nude, and when you go, cause it's a sculpture in the round, and you see her genitalia, and you see her very large prominent breasts, Mm -hmm. and for the first time, this type, or the first time in my consciousness, I saw this stereotypical African-American figure finally have more of a complete identity, and to have a sexuality that is appropriate for a woman, for a person, for a sentient being, So I really liked that. I thought that it nuanced the conversation a little bit and encouraged viewers to think about these tropes, these stereotypes in alternate ways.
0: Well, there you have it. Kara Walker, probably one of the most, as as polarizing as she is, she's probably one of the most popular, well-known contemporary artists who is really... Talking about important issues I mean a lot of art is just a lot of art For art's sake right you know the Duchampian Art for art's sake and Whether it's a light on the floor Or but no seriously like it's Not you know it, And and that's fine like you know Bearden Like you said an African American artist Who was absolutely Freakingly wildly talented and actually My favorite collage artist of all time He was doing really cool stuff But it wasn't as politically Charged it was beautiful work it was important work it was significant and reflective of the times historically but it wasn't as politically charged and certainly not as polarizing and I think that's what that's what she brings to the table she makes us think and you know really good art makes us think doesn't matter if it makes us think about how fucked up this country was or how beautiful music is you know the fact is it makes us think.
1: And I think therein lies really the power and the legacy of her offerings is that she encourages dialogue. And I think we feel so inflamed with issues of racism or sexism, and especially in today's time, you're either with me or you're attacking me. And I can fall victim to that too. And I think Walker's work, that's why it's so charged because you can't look at it and not have an opinion. And if you're supportive of it, does that mean you're racist? And so it's difficult. These conversations are hard to have, but they are necessary. They are are absolutely central. And so that's what I think is so brave about her. And she just does it in such a smart way. And the new iteration of her work, Turning to the Sculptural, I'm really excited to see what happens.
0: Check her out. If you don't know, now you know. Peace.